do, 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 do. Where there's people helping and pizza everywhere in the unit to compensate for our hard hard work <laughs> hey bessie it's your favorite caffeinated medicated and never hydrated bessie it's nurse john and welcome back to your favorite podcast i beg your pardon bessie happy holidays Merry Christmas! Hey, hey, hey! To everyone celebrating Christmas, I just want to wish you guys a merry, merry, merry Christmas. This is my favorite holiday and my favorite time of the year. And for those who doesn't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. And for the people who doesn't want to celebrate any of the holidays, I just want to say that I am here for you. I love you. And I am celebrating with you whatever you want to celebrate in life. I love you guys so much. I don't know if you're seeing me right now, but if you're watching the video, because we have a video of the podcast on Spotify, I am wearing my Christmas pajamas. It's all checkered green and white because this is my theme for this year's Christmas, green and white. And I'm holding my Grinch mug that has eggnog latte in it with three pumps of vanilla and nutmeg powder on top guys i'm the most christmasy right now i love this feeling i just feel so cozy and comfy and this is our christmas episode you guys because this is like the episode that's going to be the newest in christmas time so yeah and to all the people listening right now bessie if you're at work on the way to work just finish work not working, or just chilling, I just want to say, I love you, Bestie. I miss you so much. How are you? I hope everything is going well, Bestie. The year is ending. Guys, 2023 is finished. What the hell? The days, the months, the weeks went by so fast. I could not imagine we're in 2024. Like, I think... Yeah, I think like 13 years ago, we were debating if we're going to ever survive 2012. But here we are in 2024, 2023, thriving. Oh my God, you guys. And before we ever continue, guys, do me a favor, Bessie. Can you please download this episode and all other episodes that you haven't listened to? Make sure you share the podcast in all your platforms. Tag me and I beg your pardon on Instagram so that I can repost it and make sure basically that you follow us and turn on notification on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That way you get a notification whenever we release a new episode. And also, Bessie, if you're ever wondering what scrubs I wear to work, it's Guard Malad, G-A-R-D-E-M-A-L-A-D-E. And you can use my code, my discount code, Nurse John GM N U R S E J O H N G M. If you want to get a discount on checkout, and lastly, Bessie, I don't know if you know, but I have a merch store. My merch store is www.nursejohn.com. And this Black Friday, I was about to say Black Friday, but this Boxing Day, you guys, we're gonna have a massive sale end of the year massive sale so make sure that you check that out and you sign up on our newsletter so you, you can get the discount code 
And again, check us out at www.nursejohn.com so you can get your merch, Bessie. And we actually are releasing, I think, oh, another thing is we release two new merch items. If you want to check it out, go head out. It's a zip-up hoodie and another um, long-sleeve t-shirt. So check it out, Bessie. It's a cozy, cozy, cute little self-care and self-love and caffeine shirt. So go check them out and get yours, Bessie. So let's catch up a bit, Bestie. So three days ago, I was in New York City for five days with Anna the Nurse and Lindsay Scrub Hacks and Joey St. Pierre. And we spent some time together, our first ever holiday, best friend holiday event. No, it's actually our first ever friendship mass. Friendship mass. Yes, friendship mass. Friendship Christmas together. And it was so fun because... The funny thing is we set up each day of places we're going to visit, but we actually just visited a bunch of restaurants and eat. <laughs> so that's what we did. And honestly, I cannot complain because the food in New York is so good. We went to Chinese Tuxedo in Chinatown, which is a super good place. Budokan, which is another Chinese place. Jongnam in Korean town. And there's a bunch of other restaurants that we try. Joe's Pizza, for sure. $1 pizza. It's so good. I know it's overrated, but it was so amazing. I love, love, love it. And another thing that's super surprising, and it was like out of the blue, is that when we were traveling, going to New York, I noticed that Lady Spine Doc, so Betsy Grunge, the famous neurosurgeon on TikTok, is also going to New York City with her family to celebrate the holidays. And so then I messaged her and I told her, hey, if you're going to be in New York, let's meet up, maybe go for a brunch and make some content. Listen, you don't see these people often and only if you travel to you know their place or they travel to your place, that's the only time you guys are going to meet or if there's an event. So I was like, hey, Let's meet up. Let's go for a brunch, which we did. And it was so fun. I got to meet her two kids, which, oh my God, they're so smart. I love them so much. Her husband and her best friend. And we did so much content, not in the hotel room, in public, in New York City. And the good thing about New York is that nobody really cares. I think they've seen so much shit in the past that they're like, oh my God, these people are regular. They're, they're, they're normal for us, okay? <laughs> but yes, we were in Soho and we made so much content on the streets. And the good thing last week is that the weather was amazing. It was around 15 to 20 degree. That is a difference of at least 15 degrees compared here in Montreal, which right now is negative 5 or negative 10. So pretty cold, okay? So I prepared way too much clothing to New York City because I was expecting it to be really cold, but it wasn't. But it was fun. You know, I got to spend more time outside and less inside because I would rather stay inside if it's really cold. But yes, it was fun. I got to meet them. We made so much content together. And so me, Anna, Lindsay, and Joey, we made so much content for Guard Malad and for ourselves. So you guys should check them out on Instagram and TikTok too. Other than that, what else happened in my life? Uh, Christmas. Christmas is coming up. I am so excited. I'm going to be hosting in my house. So I'm going to be cooking for the whole family. We're going to do gifts exchange in my house. So that's going to be fun. I am so happy now that I can host because I usually am just part of the whole Christmas, you know, 
gathering but now i can really host because i own my own house i have my own kitchen i can buy my own food and provide and i bought so much gifts for my grandmas who's gonna be leaving very very soon to go back to the philippines and so am i yes bestie to all my filipino people guys i'm going home to the philippines i have three weeks left before i go back to the philippines to see my family and my niece, my nephews that, that I haven't seen because they were born like three, four years ago. And the last time I went back to the Philippines was, I think, six years ago, 2018. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. Oh, no, five years. Five years since I went back home to the Philippines. So it's going to be fun because I get to see my whole family again. And if you guys didn't know, I don't have my whole family here in Canada. The only family that I have here is my mom. My grandma is just visiting here because, you know, she just want to spend some time here with us more often because I cannot go back home to the Philippines for six months. So she rather just go here and spend some time with us, which is so fun for me because I get to spoil her. I get to bring her to different restaurants, buy her clothes, do things for her because I want to spoil her. She raised me for 17 years of my life and she deserved that and I, I i have been spoiling her the most and it's just so sad that i wish she could stay here but she hates winter she doesn't like the cold she's been staying in the house for now she's actually living with me but the thing is she hates the cold so she doesn't really want to go out and I think, you know, she's also getting old. She's on her 70s now and she'd rather just stay home. And I just wish she still has the strength. She still have the strength that she had before so that we can do more things. But, you know, our grand our grandmothers are getting older and I just wish, you know, she stay healthy. That's one of my wish this, you know, Christmas is that my grandmother stays healthy and she can spend more time with me because I love her so much. She's the only one I have. My grandfather died already, as you guys already know. So I I want to cherish the moment that I have left with her. Anyways, oh my God, I don't want to be too sad like that, you guys. But anyways, how are you guys doing? And again, to all the people working during the holidays, good luck, you guys. Usually, though, during the holiday season... The hospital is a slow phase, so there's not a lot of services. Patients are usually calm and relaxed, and things are happening very slowly. So wishing you guys a good shift, a quiet shift. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to say the cure. I'm not going to complete it. But yes, I hope everything is okay. Listen, you guys, I have a question for you, actually. Do you rather work in Christmas or New Year? Because for me, i rather work New Year. I don't know about y'all, but for me, the most important holiday for me is Christmas over New Year. I think New Year, you can work, but as long as you work in the day. Even in Christmas, actually, I can work in, during Christmas, but just schedule me in the day shift and not night shift because night shift is where I can actually celebrate things with my family because, you know, a lot of people actually work during the holidays and then when they get home, that's when they celebrate. So I can actually work during the holidays, just not night shift because I don't want to spend it, you know, in the hospital or the nursing station, which I know we don't all have the luxury to do that because of seniority or because we just want to work. 
So good luck to you guys. I know it's going to be amazing. We're going to be celebrating the holidays together. If you're listening right now and it's Christmas time, bestie, Merry Christmas. We're celebrating it together. We're going to do exchange gift. Here's my gift to you. Self-love and self-care, <laughs> which should be your New Year's resolution to care for yourself more, to love yourself more, to prioritize yourself over your job and any other else because you are the most important patient in your life. Okay? Good? Amazing. And before we even continue with all this chit chats, you guys, do me a quick favor. If you're listening to this right now, make sure that you download this. I think I already said that. I think I did. I think I already said that. Anyways, let's head on to the most important part of this episode, which is the part two of a patient you will never forget. I know you guys have been asking this constantly in the last few weeks and you guys, John, you have to make a part two of these. And I think this is the perfect episode for this spirit, this season, this week because it's all about joy, faith, miracle, believe, everything. Okay, so let's start reading this real life submissions from real life healthcare workers, patients, and other people in real life. Let's do it. First story. Hello, Nurse John, clinical lab scientist here. Okay, that's very new. When the pandemic first hit, I was working in a small community hospital. Although I usually work in the lab, sometimes we needed to go up on the floor and help the phlebotomist draw blood. One day, I was up on the floor and entered into Mrs. Smith's room. After drawing her blood, I asked if she needed anything before I left. She looked up at me, grabbed my hand and asked, will you pray with me? I had several other patients to draw, but something told me to stay. I sat and prayed with her for a few minutes and we each took turns praying. Once we said amen, we just looked at each other and I held her hands tightly before leaving. I remember praying later, asking God to please heal her. Unfortunately, she didn't recover as a couple of days later, a new patient was in her room. However, I'll never forget that powerful moment with her. I hope she's resting peacefully in heaven. That is so sweet. And at the same time, I hope though that she was discharged and not dead. But if she died, I hope she's resting peacefully in heaven. And you guys, I firmly believe in small things and the impact of small things because it can make a lot of difference to someone. That could have been her last wish before she passed away that she wants someone to pray with her so that she can rest peacefully. And I've done that with my patients before where I pray with them or I just sit with them in silence. Sometimes actually not saying anything could be the best thing that you can do for someone. Just having your presence in there, the feeling of like, okay, I'm with someone, someone is here with me, is something so big for someone. Because a lot of people right now, and I know a lot of patients right now are in the hospital and unable to celebrate Christmas. And that is, I think, the shittiest thing to ever feel that you're alone in a bed in a hospital where you actually feel more scared and lonely and depressed because it's a hospital. I feel the same when I'm in the hospital. But for us healthcare workers, us nurses can make a difference to them, to make it fun for them, to make them feel that 
they're wanted, that they're not alone, that we're here for them. And I know a lot of you nurses are doing that. I know a lot of you are buying gifts out of your own pocket, decorating your whole unit so it feels more like home and that your patient doesn't feel depressed or alone. Because again, hospital is so depressing. It's so like fearful. When I am a patient myself, the last thing I want is to get a room in a hospital. Like I rather be sick at home than be sick in a hospital. I don't, and this is my opinion, okay? Because the hospital, I feel like makes it worse for your situation. Just being alone there or those people who cannot have a visitor because let's say they have like infectious disease or they have to be quarantined, that's even worse for them. And I think for us healthcare workers, the best thing that we can do is to be there for them, to do something, to do something out of what we usually do to do something for people that we care for. Because we're here to not just advocate, but to empathize and to show them that I am here for you, you can count on me, and we are family. And that's what I always do with my patients. I always make them feel like they're family. It changes not just the relationship that you build with the patient, but it changes their motivation and how they see their life. And again, you make a great impact as a nurse or as a healthcare professional. Oh, that is so sweet. Next. One patient that I will never forget was a young 16-year-old girl who was admitted to the floor for a concussion. She was pregnant but keeping it a secret from her mom. She was from a small Alaskan native village where life was so hard. I helped her to shower because she had a lot of dry blood in her hair. The hospital I work at didn't have conditioner, so I brought my own for from home for her and was sitting in the shower brushing the mats out of her hair for almost an hour. I remember she thanked me for being gentle with her because the last nurse that had brushed her hair made her cry from pain. She cried to me and told me that she didn't want to go back to the village because she had to walk a mile to shower and she was worried about her pain from the concussion because the home she lived in had so many people in it so it was always loud. I always think about this girl and wonder if she's okay. Okay, so this is so sweet. Again, I think it's more of the patient, the nurse that the patient will never forget. And that's you. Because you did something for her. You were gentle with her. You've given her empathy, reassurance, and the feeling of being safe. You made her feel that way. And it's the same thing here in Canada because here in Canada, we have the First Nation, like the Inuit people or the people who live up north. And usually when they come down here in the city, which is here usually in Montreal, because this is the closest, I think, province that they can go down to from up north. And when they usually go down here, their diseases or whatever they're going through is worse because the medical assistance where they live is not the best. It's very small. And some of my friends actually works up north as a like a northern nurse. And I'm telling you, their services, what they have, their equipments, it's not enough for the cases they have to deal with. So when the case gets worse, let's say a diabetes situation, they're already in a severe stage. And we they have to stay here long, long. <coughs> It's already in the severe stage and they have to stay here in the city longer because they need to be healed before they go back up north. And it's just so sad too that all these people who owns 
our land, this land that we're living in, the land that we're breathing and our house is, you know, standing still, we cannot even provide them the care, the 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 space, the environment they need. I think they they deserve to be treated the same equally as us or even higher because again, these people are the real owner of this land, the First Nation people, the Aboriginal people. And the thing is, even their food there costs so much. I remember my friend telling me that a big one liter of Coke is $25. $25. Banana, $12. A piece of banana. That is crazy to me. I know it's hard to transport things there, but why are we charging these people who I don't think has the best paying jobs up north because what kind, like I don't think you have freaking finance there in up north because it's so cold and there's just not good paying jobs there and why are we charging these people this much 12 to 15 dollars for a, a banana is crazy to me 25 dollars for a coke that we can buy for two three dollars that is crazy and I'm pretty sure that this young teenager is so happy to have you as a nurse and she will forever remember you for what you did to her. And again, there it not all nurses are going to be nice, just like not all nurses are going to be bad. But when again, I just want to repeat this again is that if you have a bad experience with a nurse or a healthcare worker, that doesn't mean that the other people who's in the same profession as them will be the same as them okay so not because one bad apple is present doesn't mean that every single apple is going to be bad we are all different we all have different personality we all have different upbringings we all have different culture and we all have different kind of empathy and love for someone so just remember that as a patient and also as a nurse that not every single patient is going to be bad or not every single patient is going to be nice I had the most unforgettable patient in my time in healthcare. I work on an internal medicine unit with 39 beds as a CNA. We're basically just MedSearch rebranded. I feel you, baby. I feel you. Our transplant floor was just basically a MedSearch with a transplant. T- like, you know that TM <laughs> on every brand? That's basically it. But it's basically a MedSearch because you get every single type of patients anyways. We get everything, and I mean everything. So we had this patient transferred to our unit from the ED. She was in her early 60s. So by our standards, pretty young, I was getting a report that she needed to have a one-on-one sitter. As I am getting my report, the charge nurse says she, she's here for eating her hand. I beg your pardon. Okay, wait a second. This took a turn, you guys. As I am getting my report, the charge nurse says she's here for eating her hands and toes. I said, excuse me. So basically, you said, I beg your pardon. Do you mean biting her nails? My charge nurse replied, no, she had a compulsive disorder and eats her fing- mm-hmm. eats her fingers. Once she ran out of the finger, she moved to her to- to- toes. She had literally eaten her fingers to the bone and had no fingers on either. Oh, my God. On either hand. Every single one was gone. Then she started eating her toes instead. Basically, she was admitted because she kept trying to eat her hands or toes and she keeps getting infection. Oh my God, you guys. 
okay, well, this is not miraculous. This is not, <laughs> I mean, like, unforgettable patient, right? Like, that's, that's great. I mean, again, if you work in healthcare, you will see things you could not even imagine could happen. Maybe the things that, that you think is fantasy or it's just the things you see in movie, they true. They exist. And even worse on the, the ones that you see in the movies or you read in books. It's crazy. Oh my God. I would not know what to do. She probably have some type of mental illness that has to be investigated and needs attention because otherwise she's not going to have any nails. Nowhere. Not even her foot. Oh my God. Okay, next. I work in infectious disease ward. One of our patients, let's call him Bob. He was about 8 years old and weighed about 260 pounds at the time and could be moved only by using the lift that was attached to the ceiling. Oh, okay. So like one of the... um. Anyways, the lift. The lift that there's like a harness that you put to patient so that you can move them from bed to chair because they cannot move. Anyways, in our ward, we have cameras in the patient's room since COVID time so we can always keep an eye on them from the nurse's station. Anyways, Bob was sometimes disoriented and one night around 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Things always happen at 3 a.m. I have no idea why patient chooses 3 a.m., 2 a.m., and 4 a.m. Guys, you could have choose midnight or 10 p.m. When everyone's awake, when there's help, but why at three? I know it's a witching hour, but you guys, can we change? Can we change this witching hour? Can we normalize changing the witching hour? <laughs> normalize changing the witching hour to another time. Like 7 p.m. when there's a lot of people around, when day shift and night shift is around, okay? So they can help. So they can stay for a bit. <laughs> Anyways. One night around 3 a.m., the staff accidentally left the lift equipment close to his bed. Oh, God. So it was within his reach. Okay. So I feel like I know where this is going. He gets hold of the remote and starts playing with it. And the staff could see he, he was up to something on the camera. But before they could react, he had somehow, probably accidentally, hooked the lift onto the bed rail and had... <laughs> Had started to push the up button. So there's so there goes Bob, lying in his bed that is slowly rising towards the ceiling. Eventually, the other patient in the room was woken up by the sound of Bob's bed turning 90 degrees sideways and crashing on the floor. And he pushed the call button. The staff found Bob lying still in the bed but on the side rails. And turned out he did all this while talking to his wife on the phone at the same time. I beg your pardon. Bob was not hurt. Thankfully... When the staff got there, he told his wife the bed just turned over and now I'm on the floor. Bob had no idea what was going on. That is so funny. This is, so what did we learn from this? Because you know what? You know what management is going to tell you? What could you have done differently? <laughs> but you could have done differently in here, which is a good question actually in this situation is double check, triple check before you leave the room because... Because, man, if I was the other patient next to Bob and I see Bob's freaking bed lifting up, I would scream. Because that, for me, is exorcism, baby. And it's not happening in my watch. And I'm not even going if I was the nurse. Imagine I'm rounding at 3 a.m. and I just flash my light and I see Bob <laughs> and, and Bob's freaking bed is not there on the floor. And I look up a bit and it's 
up high? Absolutely not. I would be running, baby. You're not going to see me on the nursing station, not in the hospital, outside where there's people around next to the security or something. <laughs> I am an ER doctor now, but during my training, I had one of those cases. I was doing a shift as a resident in a PEDS ER and my next patient was a baby brought in by both parents with a chief complaint of weird repetitive leg and butt movements. That is so cute. <laughs> that is so cute. After examining the baby with the staff and watching video of the said movements shown by the parents, my staff faked an important call. Okay, I don't know where this is going. And left me to explain to the parents, a young reserved Asian couple, that what they were concerned about was actually an equivalent of pediatric masturbation. Pardon? The parents' English was basic and French non-existent, so I had to explain in detail that their baby was simply discovering their body and finding some pleasurable movements, aka the equivalent to masturbation. Hashtag awkward. That is so... F I mean, listen, if I was the parent, I would probably be so concerned too because I have never heard of pediatric masturbation. Like, that, that is something I have never heard before. But I do know, like, around 3, 4, 5 is when you know, kids start exploring their genitalia and stuff because that's part of their developmental thing. But I've never heard of this. This is so interesting. But at the same time, it's so funny because the parents probably think that the baby is having some seizure or some type of like, you know, illness that they don't know. But this is so funny. I was a CNA, about 18 or 19 years old. It was lunchtime, so I went to go get my residence. One gentleman's wife would come visit him from the other building. He was in the Alzheimer's building, and she was in the assisted living building. That is cute. That's giving Romeo and Juliet. I knock on the door, and I hear, come in. So I walk in to them, getting it. Pardon? I beg your biggest pardon. So I walk in to them, getting it on, with her on top. Her wig was falling off. <laughs> her wig was falling off. She looked shocked. I looked shocked. She tried getting off of him. He said, Bitch, where do you think you're going? <laughs> he said, Bitch, where do you think you're going? Keep going. You're not done yet. And continued as if I was never there. I immediately turned around and told my... <laughs> I, I'm telling you guys, older people are so wild. I don't know how they have the energy. And I understand, like, you know how they say that as you get older, you revert back to being a child. But at the same time, there's this also, like, they revert to being a teenager again because they do some crazy stuff. I'm telling you, like, Mr. Smith climbing in the ceiling, them running in the hallway naked, them doing other things that they should not be doing, they, they be doing it. And you'll be surprised of the things they're capable of doing. Like, I feel like that's those are the things that I would do if I inhale coffee. Like, I don't know. I have no idea, but this is so funny. Whew. My first clinical shift in nursing school, I was assigned to the ICU. I know crazy, right? This was during COVID, so we were limited with hospitals taking our cohort. Mind you, on this day, I didn't know squat, let alone anything about machines or the ICU. I had a 74-year-old gentleman 
who was not really conscious, he was breathing heavily and my preceptor said, you know what that sound is, right? And I said, no. She said, it's the death rattle. Have you guys ever heard about the death rattle? I don't know how to explain it, but it's a, it's like a broken machine, but it's a sound of someone that is close to dying. That's when you know, and that's when I know when someone is about to pass in the next 24 to 48 hours. And it always, always happens because, again, I have had those experiences and I've never heard it. And the first time I've heard it, it sounds like those creepy horror movie instrumental that you hear in like Insidious. I don't know. It's crazy. This man had such a beautiful skin and I could tell he had lived a good life. My nurse went to lunch and I was sitting at the nurse station and I saw him lift his arm up in front of him. I went into the room and tapped on his shoulder and said his name. He started making a crying sound and kept saying, Mama, over and over again. I thought he was waking up, so I kept tapping on him and saying his name. He just continued with his arms out and saying, Mama. You know why, girl? Because he is getting picked up by his mama. You know, that's that's basically um, the angel of death, baby. That patient is going to pass. Oh, my God. I don't know about this, you guys. But when a patient tells me, I feel like I'm going to die, girl. If <laughs> if their level of care is A, B, or C, baby girl, if it's not D, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to scream for people to come into the room, get the crash cart next to the door, and make sure we have every services ready. Because baby, I, tr- I truly believe the patient when they say things like that. Baby, that's an impending doom. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever had that impending doom experience, but I'm telling you, when a patient tells you, I don't feel good, I feel like I'm going to die, trust, trust your gut, trust them, because something is about to happen that you're not going to like. Something crazy is about to happen. And again, if a patient sees someone that is non-existent in the room and is a relative or someone very close to them or something, that's because they're picking them up. I don't know how, this is not a Halloween episode, you guys, but at the same time, you know, it's this is something that happened commonly in nursing. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that palliative nurses, I don't know how they deal with it, but they experience this more often than, you know, acute med surge ER nurses because they're the one dealing with people dying. And I don't think I can deal with that because, baby, if if every single patient that I have in my shift sees someone or something that's not there, I'm going to just think that everything is hunted and I'm not dealing with that crap. (laughs) Mm -mm. Next. I work as a care home nurse in England. I once had a resident who fell out of her wheelchair just outside the nursing home while coming back from church. It was a winter morning, so you can imagine how cold it was. She obviously had broken bones when I assessed her, so I needed to wait for the paramedics to come before we can move her. It took 1.5 hours for the paramedics to arrive, so we stayed with the resident while she lied on the frozen ground covered with loads of blanket. Her head under my legs... I kept on assessing her for deterioration and during one of this assessment, I asked if she needed anything and she answered me, 
a cup of tea, two sweeteners with just a bit of milk. All right. <laughs> That's so funny. Of all the things she needed, she just wants a cup of tea with two sweeteners and a bit and a bit of milk. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cute. I mean, she's not at least she's not complaining of pain or not suffering. She just wanted to get warm. She just want to feel warm. That is so cute. She lived. She had broken tibia and fibula and undergone major operation. I beg your pardon. And she was 99 when the incident happened. I would never forget her. Girl, at 99, I I don't think they they feel anything <laughs> anymore. The the oldest grandma I ever had, which is the mom of my grandmother, was 95. And I remember me and my cousins would literally help her bathe, feed her. But she was really strong. And again, I don't know if this is just me in my observation, but like older people, like from that, you know, generation from 1920s, 1930s, 1910s, they live such a long life. And they're healthy and they're able to move at that, you know, age. She was 95, but she she can walk. It's just that she cannot do a lot of movements, but she can walk, she can talk, she can do things. But girl, now we're like 30, 40, and we're already ready to retire and ready to be sent in a assisted living because of back pain and all of this shit that we're going through. It's crazy, you guys. We need to go back on that lifestyle that they had because baby they live a good life next i live and work as a pharmacy technician in puerto rico hello to my pharmacy techs for hurricane maria one of my patients was undergoing chemotherapy which after the hurricane it became really hard for patients to get it so a lot of them had to be transferred to the states in order for them to continue treatment with the help of my wonderful husband who proudly serves in the u.s national guard Thank you for your service. We were able to help my patient get transferred to the States to continue treatment. On her second trip back to the island to come see her family, she came back to the pharmacy to say hi to me and to thank me for what had happened. To my surprise, just a couple of days later, her husband came to the pharmacy. I could see it in his face that something had happened and told me that the same day after she came to the pharmacy to say hi to me, she had passed away. Oh. Oh my god. Sitting on her living room while watching TV. Oh my god. Oh. Why are these stories so sad, you guys? We're trying to find some positive in here, some fun, some like cute. Ugh. Anyways, I could not believe it, but that's how life goes in healthcare. I'm thankful that I was able to help and make her last day more comfortable. I mean, girl, you did an impact for her. You did something for her. And probably those times when she was suffering, when she needed help, you've given that to her. And she was probably so thankful. And the husband probably came back to just, you know, say thank you to you for what you did for her. That is so sweet. But at the same time, it's so sad because you're like, oh, I did all that I could, but she still passed away. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, Death is inevitable. And for me, I don't see death as, you know, as the end of life. I think death is the beginning of life for me. That's when things are much better and much, you know, much more interesting and fun. I mean, I've never died. You know, I've never been in the other life, but I don't think it's the end. 
and I don't know if you guys believe this, but I feel like we were something or someone or whatever in our past life. And this is someone else's, you know, soul or body or whatnot. And we're just living in it. And then after we die, we pass it off to another. It could be an animal. It could be a person. It could be a tree. I don't know. That's just how I see it. I don't want to go too deep with that. But like, that's just how I see things. Next. I work as a CNA in a community health now after my bad experience at the long-term care. And we had one woman who, when I first met, was very rude, antisocial, and would only allow one care task to be done. Butter and exactly 10 crackers and leave. It's giving Mr. Smith. I decided I was going to warm this little woman's heart. I don't know why, but for me, the rudest and crankiest clients are the ones I love the most. Okay, before I read this whole story, I just have one thing to say. And that is... For me too, I love the crankiest, rude patient, and then I can turn them into more empathetic, more loving, more understanding people. Because honestly, I don't think people are cranky or people are rude for no reason. I mean, those people exist, okay? That's some mental illness that you got to deal with type of thing. But a lot of people in the hospital, you have to understand them like, you know, being in their shoes type of situation because you don't know what they have gone through in life for you to judge them or to think that, oh my God, you are this bitter or you are this rude or angry your whole life. How shitty your life could be. You know what I mean? People have gone through so many things and you don't know that. People have so many traumas and experiences that put them to the situation where they at at right now in their life. Like for me, I'm not going to be like I'm not going to be sitting here talking to you guys, giving all these advices out of nowhere. It came from past experiences that brought me here. My burnout, my story of becoming a nurse, my experiences as a nurse and it lead me here. But again, like I'm saying, like you would not know everything that I go through unless you've been in my shoes and you will never be because we all are unique and we all have different experiences. And the only way you could do is to make sure that you understand, you don't judge and you put, you try to put yourself on someone else's shoes and be like, okay, for me to judge someone without knowing their life or what have happened to them, it's not for me to do. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I'm like blobbing in here, but I'm pretty sure you know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, continuing. This woman was a 75-year-old living with a 70% spine curvature and very little family support. Okay, that's that that gives me a bit more information. She's she doesn't have any family support. Although she had a daughter and granddaughter living almost next door, she only saw the daughter for two minutes a day when she would drop off supper and she almost never saw the granddaughter or the great grandkids except when they wanted money. Okay, sign number two. My client once told me she couldn't ever move to an assisted living because at least where she was, she could hear her great-grandkids playing in the yard from time to time. As her spine curvature made very painful for her to ambulate and she also had COPD, so she couldn't go far from her chair. She spent her life sitting in the corner of her trailer watching TV, her cats for company, and barely seeing her family. Sign number three, I thought no wonder she's not nice to people. 
Every time I went to see her, I would sit and watch TV with her as long as I could. I would play with her cats and start watering her plants, most of which had become pots of dirt as she had lost interest in trying to water them. Eventually, she warmed up to me and when her daughter announced she would not be supplying food for her anymore, distrust I had built helped me set up her. Distrust I had built helped me set her up with a shopping assistance plan our health authority has with a local grocery store. She could not afford much, but we found some food she could tolerate and even had a visit added to stop at the food bank to pick up food once a week for her. After seeing her for a month, she got comfortable letting me see other parts of her house, which had been packed full of boxes and in total disarray. Her family had moved her into the trailer years ago from a bigger house that she gave up for her granddaughter to have as it was bigger and more room for her grandkids. And with her mobility issues, she had never been able to unpack. She only had 30 minutes visit, one at supper and one at night, so it took a long time, but I was able to get her spare room organized, bring out some furniture for her to use for her plants because now they were alive and doing well from the watering and made her trailer very homey. The best part was when I found she had almost a dozen boxes of Christmas decoration. When I asked her, she said that years ago, she had been able to decorate and often won the contest in town for the best decorated home. That year, I set to work making the inside of her trailer scream Christmas. I'm not a big Christmas person, but to see her eyes starts to sparkle as I brought out more and more decoration, it made my heart sing. We put up three trees, lights on the windows, the cabinets around her furniture, and even the patterns across the ceiling. I hung tree ornaments from the light string and set up her whole nativity inside so she could see it every day she cried almost every day she was so happy and i cry when i think about it i did a lot of things to warm her heart and in the end when she eventually got sick and began to palliate we took care of her at home so she didn't have to leave her cnas who she now loved and her cats who were her family i will never forget the lady who made me love christmas Okay, so this is a story I have been waiting for. Oh. Wow. Wow. I just want to take a second and appreciate that because this girl made this woman's life more interesting, more colorful, more joyful. And I think this is what she's saying. She believed in Christmas because you were her Christmas. You are the gift she's been waiting for for so long. And going back to the whole, like, the patient being rude, being antisocial, it it gave you all the signs why she is the way she is because of the things that's surrounding her, the environment, the things that she had experienced in her life. Her kids not visiting her, her granddaughters and grandkids who's not even spending time with her she just she just feels alone she's not able to socialize to other because she cannot even do that with her own family so probably for her socializing with a stranger is even worse so that's why probably she's antisocial why is she rude or angry because probably that's the treatment she's getting from her daughter and it just became a habit and now 
you know, someone just have to be patient to her, have to show her love, just have to show her compassion, just have to show her that, you know, someone care for her because she cared for these people in her life, but none of them really gave that back. She even gave up her own house for her grandkids and none of them is visiting them. And her daughter stops bringing food to her. And she only comes in for like two minutes. Like that's not interaction. And I know like we all have our own lives. And, you know, when we start growing up, we cannot forget our parents. We have to care for them as they care for us. And again, I'm not saying that it's your responsibility to care for your parents. But for me, I could never and would never ever send my mother in a assisted living home. I don't know. It's probably just how I was raised and who I am as a person, but I could never because I have seen it myself. I can never, ever, ever send my mom to a long-term care facility or anywhere else where her care is going to be less than human. And I'm not saying that happens every single you know, places, but I'm saying that with the short staffing happening right now, with all the healthcare workers leaving the healthcare system, this older people are not getting the treatment that they deserve, the care that they deserve. And I could not imagine for a second that my mom would ever go through that. I could never, I would not, I like I would not be able to sleep knowing that my parents is suffering. And again, this is just for me. This is my opinion. This is how I see it. But no, I would never do that. But this story is, I think, our highlight of the Christmas episode because this is so beautiful. You made such a great impact in her life. And even you, you found the reason of Christmas. And this is it. You fell in love in Christmas because of this, because of this patient. Oh, I love this so much. Thank you so much for doing that to her. Next. My first year as a caregiver, my first facility I worked in was absolutely chaotic and did not care about their care staff. I worked 50 hours, did school full-time, and the resident who lived there was far from being assisted living. This is what I'm trying to say to you guys. We were practically their arms and legs and we did absolutely everything for them. Exactly what I'm saying. I quickly burned out after approaching a year of working there, but there was one special lady that I will never forget. She loved telling stories and showing pictures of her horses and dogs when she was younger. She'd always ask me to stay with her to watch MacGyver on TV because it came on at 6 p.m. every single night. Unfortunately, I could never stay for more than a few minutes as there were almost 30 residents on each floor and more than half needed care. This resident was never good at remembering names, but one day I was a little late at work and I saw her in the dining room. I was rushing to clock in and all of a sudden I heard someone yell my name out. It was my resident. I turned around and looked at her and it made me so happy. I didn't even care about my clock in time. I sat down with her and she had the biggest smile. I ended up leaving the facility a little while ago and I really only stayed for her and some other residents I cared about. But management had become so toxic and manipulative, I knew I had to leave. I ended up visiting my resident on her birthday and gave her a little teddy bear with some fake flowers so they wouldn't wilt. I hadn't seen her after that until I just visited her a few days ago. She had declined so much 
that I knew that when I saw her, she could not speak or walk on her own. It made me realize that I miss hearing her tell the same story she'd tell 50 times a day and the picture she'd show me every time I came to her room. That is so sweet. We, I think we will always have one patient that either inspire us to keep going to with our profession and or it's a nightmare that we want to quit the profession. But I have had so many patient interaction that made me think that I, I am doing what I'm doing because I don't think any other profession could ever do that to someone. You know, being there for them 24-7, knowing them in less than 24, knowing their whole life in less than 24 hours, becoming almost their family or becoming their best friend. You know, it's it's crazy how being a nurse makes a difference. And this person is a caregiver. And shout out to all the caregivers. You guys do so much f- and get paid so little, but the job that you guys are doing are appreciated. And I, I hope you guys know that, that without you all, there, this older people, these people who needs our assistance to be our arms and legs could never done it without you guys. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, there's a continuation in the story. Seeing her after almost a year since her birthday, I tried my luck and asked if she remembered me after a few short minutes. She held the same confused stare. But she then looked me in the eye, smiled so wide, and a tear fell from her eyes. I wasn't sure if she really remembers me. But I like to think she did. She's the reason I can tolerate being a caregiver to this day. Period. Per. Again, congratulations and thank you so much for your service. During my stay, one nurse took the time to move the plants my parent had brought me to the window and watered it so it would stay nice until I was discharged. I know that the staff was more than likely overwhelmed with work and I am so very appreciative of the time and effort they took to make me feel seen and cared for. I did not feel like a burden, nor did I feel like I was just a number. Thank you to all the healthcare workers who continue to show up in positivity and compassion every day. My stay reminded me that compassionate and caring people are still out there. And that gives me hope for the future. Meeting others where they are, as they are, is a gesture that's free and priceless gift it was for me. Thank you for spreading so much positivity and for advocating for healthcare worker. Well, nurses... There you go. A patient who will always remember you for what you did, even though it's a small thing. Remember, guys, the smallest thing can have the biggest impact on somebody else's life. And I always, always remind myself that before I judge, before I criticize, before I say something negative to someone, I have to remind myself that I have never been on that person's shoe, so it is not for me to judge them, to criticize them, or to say negative to them. Because again, anything you say to someone, anything you do to someone, small, medium, big, can have a really large impact to them. Even telling someone you are love or I love you can make such a big impact on someone who has not felt love or who has not felt being loved in, I don't know, five, 10 years. Just you telling someone that I hope you have an amazing day, you are beautiful, when they haven't heard that word for a long, long time can make such a difference to them. You could have changed that person's 
point of view in life, that person's motivation to continue going on. So I think the best thing we, we can do is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, when you're in public, when you're around people, just say something positive to someone. It's going to take some time if, you're, if it's not something that you do usually. But look at this this way. You are making a difference to some people's life. If you can criticize someone, if you can judge someone, you can also be positive to someone. You can also be motivating to someone. You can also be someone's hope, someone's faith in humanity because we're lacking that now. We're lacking. There's so many things happening in the world. And I think we can use some positivity, some love, some kindness, spread some kindness, kill them with kindness. That is what I always tell you guys and remind you guys. Last but not the least story, this woman had a boyfriend who was always at the bedside. Before she decided to transfer to palliative, he proposed to her in a hospital room. And because she was unable to leave the hospital, they did a small marriage on our unit. It was July 2020 when patients were barely allowed to have visitors. In their case, the manager allowed to have no more than 15 people in the room. In the morning, we helped her bathe, then did her hair, put a wedding dress on her, decorated the room. It was a very touching moment for all of us. I will never forget how happy this patient was despite her knowing that she will soon die. Her story was even published on our hospital newspaper with some wedding pictures as well. We were all so happy for her. After two weeks, she was transferred to the palliative unit. Then she left for home and died a few days later. Being surrounded by her family and now husband, her final wish came true. And you guys gave that to her. That is so amazing because I also remember one of the unforgettable patient stories I have ever had was when I was with this lady who uh, came in, I think, for... Uh, she came in for abdominal pain and they found out that she has stage 3 or stage 4 pancreatic cancer. It was getting so worse that she deteriorated really, really quick. And her last wish was to see her daughter get married. So what my unit did is that we organized the whole wedding. We let it happen. It was during COVID times too. So her daughter got married in her room. So we baited her. We dressed her up. We put makeup on her. I think I've told you guys this story already, but we did all of that for her so she can witness her daughter getting married. And it was so fun because I was her nurse that time. And I really made sure that I cleaned her whole room. And I put one of those deodorizing things so her room smells really good. I brushed her hair. We made sure that she looks amazing. And I was just outside the room when the, when they were having the ceremony and I was crying because I see how happy she was even though she's a little drugged because we keep giving her pain medication because she needs it every almost like 30 minutes and it was ordered for her but I was so happy that she was able to be there and recognize and feel the presence of her daughter and the wedding and the ceremony it was also very very special to them because it was an Indian wedding and she was so beautiful I still remember her face I still remember how happy she was 
to see her daughter get married. And I hope she's okay and she's in peace right now. But I will always remember her. I will always remember that time where she told me that I am her son. I am not her nurse anymore, that I am her son because I treated her nothing but kindness and love. And she felt like I am her son. And that for me was a lot because, you know, I've struggled and I did everything I could to make her comfortable. And she would always just listen to me. She would not eat. She would not do anything. She would not walk. She would not follow anyone else's advices but mine. And that for me was something that makes me grateful for being a nurse and makes me grateful for doing what I'm doing because, again, I don't think there is any other profession out there um, for any, like, you know, caregiving profession that can do that. Us LPNs, CNAs, nurses, we do so much for our patient and I strongly believe that the job that we choose is something that we can be proud of, something that we can say every time we go to bed that I helped someone, I made a difference on someone's life. And that is our episode, you guys. Oh my God, I love, love this kind of episode. And I hope you guys got some inspiration, find some hope, find the meaning of Christmas because the meaning of Christmas is all about our king is born and that it's the holiday of giving, a holiday of believing again that there is positivity, there is light in the end of a dark tunnel. And for us healthcare worker, I truly, truly believe that even though right now a lot of us are going through suffering, are going through battles to get a safe staffing, a safe, safe care for our patient and fair pay, I think if we just keep going and keep pushing, we will get what we deserve. Not just for us, but for our patient because our patients deserves the best care. But again, we're not getting that because of the situation with the hospital and our government. But we keep pushing. But I want you guys to remember always to prioritize yourself because this job, this job can replace you in any minute. But And I also want you to remember that you are, again, your most important patient. If you can take care of yourself 125%, then you can take care of your other patients. But you should be taking care of yourself first. Now, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And if you're celebrating it, I'm wishing you well. And if you're celebrating alone, Bessie, I am here for you. We're celebrating it together. If you're celebrating it with your family, I hope you have an amazing time with your family. And if you're not celebrating, Bessie, that's fine. That's why you're listening right now. We're, this is our celebration together. Here's again my gift to you of self-love and self-care. And I love you guys so much. And please do me a favor and make sure you download this episode and all other episodes that you haven't listened to. Make sure that you share our podcast on your social media platform and tag me on Instagram and follow and turn on notifications on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I love you, love you guys so much. Merry, Merry Christmas. Mwah. See you guys next week.